Amen. So, um, as God was giving me this word, um, Pastor Melanie preached on, on last Sunday, and the word was, I was like, oh my God, it's in the same vein, uh, what God has given me. But you know, there's one access to the Spirit, eh? the Son, Jesus Christ, and God is speaking to his church. And I think at this time, as God is speaking to the church, it's so important that we recognize what time it is. You know, Jesus Christ himself came in the fullness of time. It had to be the right time. Everything was equaling up. Uh, the Roman Empire had built roads to go all over the world. It was time so the gospel could go forth. So in this time, God has given me this word. Um, I was reading concerning the Zadoks. Uh, Pastor Keith did great artwork. Uh, and as I was looking at this, something about his artwork when, I, when he does it for me just speaks to me. And as I see the Zadok, the Zadok priest here, and I see uh, what he has on his breastplate that represents truth. Represents truth. So anytime um, when I see the Zadok priest, the Zadoks were very interesting. If we can turn to our Bibles to Ezekiel 48 and 11. The Zadoks were righteous, justified descendants. And the question is asked, are you a Zadok? Are you a righteous, justified de uh, descendant? So as we go to our Bible in Ezekiel 48 and 11, it says, and it shall be for the priests that are sanctified of the sons of Zadok, which have kept my charge, which went out not astray when the children of Israel went astray, as the Levites went astray. So as I was reading that, I was like, wow, he's given different levels of commitment. The children of Israel, God's chosen people, they went astray. The Levites that was supposed to be the ministers of God, they went astray. But it was the Zadoks that stayed the course. It was the Zadoks. And in this world, we have a lot of things that are pressing us not to obey God's word, to compromise. We can't get around sanctification. Your level of sanctification determines your level of service. So if we see as Moses was up on the mountain and he said nobody could come past this, this place. We had a barrier. Nobody should come past that or they would die. But as we look further in the scripture, we find Joshua there on the mountain because he understood sanctifying himself. That when you're, when you're setting yourself apart, there are aspects of the ministry that you can get closer in. There are aspects of the ministry that if you're not setting yourself apart, you don't want to be too close to. For instance, when they were carrying the Ark of the Covenant, and the covenant, the Ark of the Covenant was about to fall. And the man reached to grab it to stabilize it, and he dropped dead. There are other situations that we see with Aaron's son sending up strange fire. They died. There was Eli's sons doing the same thing, not sanctifying themselves, and they died. So God is calling us at this point where we are now in time. 
He's calling us to a level of sanctification. He's calling us to a level to set ourselves apart so he can use us mightily in this time. We turn to Ezekiel on of 44:23, and it goes on to say about the Zadoks. And they shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the profane. How many know there should be a difference in us as Christians than people in the world? There should be a difference. So they shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the profane and cause them to discern between the unclean and the clean. And verse 24, it says, in controversy, they shall stand in judgment and they shall judge it according to my judgments and they shall keep my laws and my statutes. They shall hollow my Sabbath and not defile, them, not defile themselves for anyone. And I put here, not defile themselves for mother, for brother, for father. We can't defile ourselves for anything. Defile, to compromise. With every level of compromise you choose, you decrease in the level of power. So you have a child that's sick. Uh, or, or a friend that needs prayer for healing, but you've compromised. You're not walking in that level of power and authority that God means for us to walk in. And now they're saying, pray for me, but all you can do is comfort them because you're not even sure if God is going to answer your prayer. You're not even sure it's the power and authority that you're supposed to walk in that you're walking in now. Because you've compromised. You have decreased your power by compromising. You see, the world in this time is living, um, let's say it like this. At this time in the world, people are seeking answers. They're seeking answers. People are lost. There's so much going on in the world. They need answers. The Bible calls us to sought out ones. They're looking for people that can give answers. They're looking for people that can operate in the power and authority of God, that can speak into their lives. This is what they're looking for. The greatest enemy of the Lord Jesus Christ is religion. Now, I say religion because religion says, oh, it's okay. You don't have to do that. It doesn't take all of that. That's what religion says. But God is saying something entirely different. I was listening to a, a, a gentleman. I used to love to listen to him. He's uh, uh, R.W. Schambach. He was A.A. Allen's uh, uh, ministry leader, song minister. But uh, Schambach said this. He said he was walking. He was in, in uh, upstate New York and said he was walking up and down the sidewalk, and he was preaching. He was telling about the Lord, how they need to give their lives to the Lord. And he said he saw this man drunk, stumbling down the road. He was stumbling, and he stopped the man and said, Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? And the drunk looked at him and said, What do you think I am, a heathen? You see, we, we accept everything. We say, Well, that's okay. That's okay, but it's not okay. In 1 Peter 1.16, God commands us to be ye holy, for I am holy. 
He commands us that, that it's a holy life we have to live. A holy life. Now, what is holy? Because sometimes we have to define these things so we can understand them better. Holy is dedicated or consecrated to God. Morally and spiritually excellence. Exalted or worthy of complete devotion as one perfect in goodness and righteousness. That's what holy is. So there's a difference between holy and unholy. There's a difference between what's clean and what's unclean. There's a difference between what's profane and what is not. If we turn to 2 Peter 3 and 11. Second Peter three and eleven. All right. Second Peter three and eleven says this. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of person uh, be in all uh, what well, ought to be in all holy conversation and godliness. So we're commanded, even in our conversations, to be holy. First Peter uh, 1 and 15. First Peter 1 and 15 says this. But as he which have called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of your conversation. How many know your conversation can trip you up? How many been around friends before? They know you're a Christian, but now they're talking crazy. Now, if you join in that conversation, you're going down the road with them of compromise. Amen? You're going down the road with them of compromise. So even our conversation has to be holy. Let's turn to Isaiah 35 and 8. That's one of my favorite scriptures. And it goes on to say, and a highway shall be, uh, and a highway shall be there in a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those of the wayfaring men, though fools shall not err therein. So it's saying that there is a way that unrighteous people cannot go. That people that are holding on to things, that things that are weighing them down, every weight and sin that so easily beset, that is holding them back, wayfaring. So as I looked up the word wayfaring, it's to walk this thing out. See, God has already shown us a picture of where we're going, just like he did Abraham. He told Abraham, hey, as far as your eye can see, all of this is yours. But then he came back and told Abraham, you got to walk this thing out. And see, a lot of times in our lives, we have to determine that we're going to walk it out. We got to have some fortitude. We got to have some fight in us to walk this thing out. Amen? We got to have it. Now, as I read in God's word, God always deals with a remnant. It's a remnant of people. God never deals with the whole. He deals with a remnant of people. 
We see this when he's talking with uh, Elijah. So Elijah, uh, he had, uh, God used him, killed 450 prophets of Baal, right? Fire came down and consumed him. Right after that, Jezebel said, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut off his head. I'm going to kill him. And he got scared. He was asking God, kill me, kill me. And God says, he says, me and me only. I'm the only one having bowed down to Baal. And God said, no, no, no. I got 7,000 that I've reserved unto me. God is always looking out for the remnant of people. Now, because I look at this as well, because Elijah chose not to be what God wanted him to be at that time, God had him anoint his replacement. So we have to be mindful as God is laying things on our heart, as the Holy Spirit is dealing with us. It's telling us, hey, handle this. I want you to work on this. And if we ignore that, we find ourselves in a place now that God is limited in what he could do in terms of using us because we're holding some things. Now, in Hosea uh, 4 and 6, it says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I also will reject thee. When things come our way, we have to deal with them. We can't ignore them. If God is dealing us with a situation, with something that we may be holding on to, we have to let it go. As I asked you earlier, religion says, oh, it's okay. You can do that. You can hold on to that. But that's not what God is saying. So there are things that disqualify you from being in the remnant. Let's go through a list of them. I made a list of some things. Lack of accountability. Ain't nobody going to tell me nothing. I'm going to do what I want to do. Lack of accountability. Not understanding that God works, that God and a spiritual authority is delegated authority down. That we have to be subject to every uh, 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 spirit that's, that's, that's higher. I think that's what it is. It's, we have to be subject to the higher uh, spirit. And we're talking in orders of authority. We have to be subject to. As we were talking about in the 915 today, there were a couple of words that I say is cuss words in the Bible. Uh, and that word is rule. Obey them to have rule over you. Uh, rule, I mean, it's, I it's used like four times in one chapter, uh, two chapters. It's like used four times, rule. And see, it's something about that we feel like rule is something like they're taking something from you. But it's not. That rule is for protection. If I tell my kids, hey, don't do that, you're going to get hurt. I'm not telling them not to do that because I want to control them. I'm trying to protect them for something. And so we have to realize that as, as we're in this body, in the body of Christ, there are certain things that are set up for our protection. So there are no long wolves out here. We're all connected. Every joint supplies that there is no lack in the Bible, in the body. Every joint supplies that there's no schisms in the body because we're all connected. So we have to keep that in mind. Fear of people or people pleasing. If you're a person that you want to please people, the Bible says that the Old Testament is for an example. King Saul, God, Samuel anointed him to be king. 
When it came to doing what God said to do, Saul said, King Saul said, well, I feared the people, Samuel. That's why I didn't wait on you. I went on and took the position of a priest and doing all these sacrifices and keeping things that God said destroyed. And the Bible said God rejected him. Now, Saul was king for 40 years, but God was only with him for two. So we have to make sure that we're not people pleasers. And it takes courage and it takes a strength. It takes a fortitude. Every day when you go out your house, there are things buying for your time, buying for your, your, your compromise. Because the world don't want to see you in power. The devil don't want to see you in power. Because he knows God can use you to tear down his kingdom, to win souls for him. The Bible says that he that winneth souls is wise and shall shine as the lights of the firmament. So we have an adversary, the devil. But we have to do what God says so we can be protected. There's a scripture I like to use. It says, uh, any man that puts his hand to the plow and look back, he's not even fit. So now you're in a situation now where God is saying, hands off, and the devil can have a heyday with you. So as, as this Christian life, as we live it out, there's a progressiveness to it. We got to keep moving forward. We can't determine, no, I don't want to go this far. We can't determine, no, I want to go back. We can't do that. We put ourselves at risk. The lack of conflict resolution, avoidance of conflict. How many know? How many have had this, this, this fight with God? Holy Spirit says, hey, I want you to go tell this person something. But this person, maybe you have respect a person. They're in some type of status or something. You say, oh, God, I'm not going to do that. Mm -mm. I'm not going to do that. And God says, I want you to talk to the person. No, no, no. And that person that God could be using you to minister to can set you free in some other areas. Financially, what have you. But you won't go, we won't go, and talk to God, uh, talk to the person because we got a problem with conflict. Mm. If you're holding on something for 20 years, 30 years, that's an issue. Okay? Let me tell you this. I talk to a lot of men, and I'm always amazed. I'm talking to a 50-something-year-old man. Let's say he's 55. I'm talking to a 55-year-old man. 60-year-old man, and he's telling me, man, I remember when I was 12, man, <laughs> and what they did to me. I'm like, what? How old are you now? You mean at 12 years old, you're still holding on things that when you were 12 years old, and you're 50-something now. That, we can't do that. We have to be willing. Look, I can say this. My mom and dad, look, they didn't do everything right by me by my standards, okay? But at some point in time, I had to say, you know what? They did the best they could with the knowledge they had. And release them. You got to release people. You can't hold this thing on people. Release them. Amen. You got to release them. It's not doing you any good if you don't. All right? The next thing is, Ignoring evil or a lack of understanding 
on how it works. We can't ignore evil. We can't act like the Bible tells us, don't be ignorant of his devices. We can't be ignorant of that. We just skipping la, la, la through the tulips and ignoring everything else around it. We don't have an awareness about us. We got to have an awareness. We can't be ignorant of Satan's devices. If young, if young men, you walking down the street, that woman give you your eye a certain way. You know what that means. She know what she doing. You know, <laughs> we can't be ignorant of that. Everything is not good. Amen. Everything is not good. Now, this is huge here. The inability to set boundaries. You don't have any boundaries. Everything goes. You allow people to speak into your life that hadn't earned the right to speak into your life. You're taking advice from people that are ungodly. Psalms 1. Blessed is the man that walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. We can't do that. I don't care if it's, it's grandma. I don't care if it's mama. If she give you ungodly advice, don't take it. We're commanded not to. See, a lot of things we think we have a lot of choice in, but really we don't. We don't really have a lot of choice. Once we give our lives to the Lord, the Bible tells us that we are bought with a price. Our lives are not our own. They're not. God can use us any kind of way he wants to. And just a side note, he's not concerned about you being embarrassed. Okay? That's not his concern. And sometimes we limit ourselves and what God wants to do in our life because we're, I don't want to be seen like that. Uh, that's going to be embarrassing. But you don't know what deliverance you can speak through people's lives if you just obey the spirit of God. You know, we, uh, we went on, a, I tell you, the, the, the group I was with, um, uh, we were in Tennessee. And we, we're going to do the dune buggy ride all up in the mountains. Now, I'm over there handling my business in my car. But these other people, they over here, and the lady said she had cancer, right? So there's like, oh, yeah, we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for you. So I'm thinking, oh, wow, we're going to pray for Mr. Lamar. <laughs> so I'm just saying we, we have to be in position. We have to be ready to respond in power. God has given us a grace to do. And we have to respond to things in the power that God has given us. We have to. So if we have any of these things going on, we can't respond in full power because we have compromises in our life that are not allowing us to be free. Inability to set boundaries. Boundaries should be learned in your household. But, hey, a lot of us come from dysfunctional families, so we don't learn those boundaries. The best thing I learned is to set boundaries. To set boundaries. No, I don't do that. No, I don't go here. Maybe you can't, I can't. We have to set boundaries. We have to set boundaries with people. You know, one thing that I, I've been fighting against in my mind that I keep considering is Facebook. 
for the last probably two years, I've been thinking, I need to get off Facebook because it makes me accessible. And everybody don't need to have access to me like that. You know? And it's just one of those things. I'm just like, I'm praying, but I'm like, but I think I'm how to come off that thing because people can reach out from the past on you too. Amen? We can't be ignorant of Satan's devices, right? Mm-hmm. We can't be ignorant. All right? The need to control. Oh, that's a big one. How many have you uh, wrestled with that one, the need to control? That's a huge one. If, if I don't do it, it ain't going to be done right. So I got to do everything. That ain't good. You, you can't be in control of everything. I think it's in Thessalonians talks about um, quitting out the Holy Spirit. See, if we control him, we quitting the Holy Spirit too. The Holy Spirit want to move. We, oh, oh, no, we're not doing that Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. So he'll say, like, okay, then, well, I'll go ahead and step back. Do you, as they say in the day and time. <laughs> you know, so we have to realize we got to let control go. There's so much that God has for us, and it's all about yielding to his spirit. One of my favorite chapters in the Bible is Romans 6. Those that you talk to me know, Romans 6, it says it all. You've got to yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit. We got to mortify our members. Whatever you yield your members to, you become servants of. We can only, we should only answer to God and his Holy Spirit. We should only do the things that God says for us to do. In uh, Hebrews, I think it's 13 and 1, it says we're encompassed about with a cloud of witnesses. So it's saying we got all these witnesses to, sh to show us what to do. To show us how we should live. We have all these examples in the Old Testament. But it goes on to say, and I'm going to paraphrase this part. But if you can't see your way clearly, let's look to Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith. Well, Jesus said, I don't do anything except for what the Father do. I don't say anything except for what the Father do. So there's a level of yielding that has to take place for God to totally use you. There's a level of yielding to the Holy Spirit and letting that power flow through you. There's a level, uh, you have to be a conduit for that power, for things to flow through you. If you stop the flow, you're backed up. Now you need something to loosen your bowels back up, right? <laughs> so we have to. We have to. Lack of trust or intimacy with God. That's huge. A lot of times we don't do things because our experience has been, well, I trusted that person and that person let me down. And we take that mistrust of that person and we apply it across our whole life. So now as God is speaking to us, we don't trust that word. I know God, you said this, but mm, I'm thinking too much. This could happen, that could happen, this could happen. So I'm not really trusting that word. I'm not even trusting the intimacy because I've hid so much of my life, I think I can hide from you. So I don't want to be intimate with you. Although you know everything about me, everything, the number of hairs on my head, but 
I don't want to be intimate with you, God, because that's going to take something from me. For me to, to be, to make a real assessment of who I am and where I am. I, I don't want to do that, God. I want to fake it till I make it. But those that fake it don't make it. Amen? We got to be real. We got to be real with God. We got we to gotta have prayer time. We got to have quiet time. We got to have time for worship. We got to have, we got to have time in the word. His will is his word. So if we don't know his word, we don't know his will. So now we don't trust moves we're making because it's not, it's not based on the word. It's based on something else. So we have to be in a position that we want that intimacy with God. That we want to hear God speak to us, speak in our lives. Tell us what to work on. These things that disqualify us for being the remnant. Disqualify us for walking in the true power and authority that God has for us. That the world needs to hear from us. Miracle signs and wonders are not for believers. It's for the unbelievers. So they can believe. So God will work a miracle. So that person will understand there is a God. So we have to avail ourselves. I do believe, I, I read a lot in terms of Revelation in the last days. I look at things in terms of the world, not in terms of the United States, all right? What's going on in the world? There's a lot of things that's going on in the world that it talks about in these last days. So I believe we're further along than what we think we are. Uh, just to throw this out there, even the pandemic, I say, the world is in the pandemic, but the church is under judgment because you, it's a whole lot of ministers, pastors, and bishops that died through this thing. There's a lot of things that are being reset and a lot of things that's being rooted up. There are some churches that are still not open, but we believe God. We believe God as a healer. We believe that by your stripes we're healed, but yet, do we trust him? Or do we trust that word? Are we willing to prove it? As he says, a lot of times in scripture, prove me to see. Are we willing to do that? Are we willing to put ourselves out like that? Or do we want to stay in that control? Um, lack of discernment. Now we know that the Bible says that the word of God is sharpening any two-edged sword. And it's able to divide the thoughts and intents of the heart. The thoughts and intents of the heart. More word, more intimacy, better discernment. We have to strengthen our discernment. If we don't discern good, like as I said in the beginning, the, the clean from the unclean, uh, the pro profane, if we don't understand or discern those things, we can allow ourselves to attach ourselves to things that bring curses on us. Achan. So when Achan, uh, they went to Babylon, they told him to kill everything, burn everything, don't take nothing back. Achan decided he was going to keep some things for himself. Hey, this is nice. I think I'm going to keep this for ourselves. Israel had never lost a battle up until that point. First battle they lost. When they inquired about, to God about it, you were uh, joined to the accursed thing. What he did was a curse. And that made, and so many people died 
behind being attached to that. Just a question. What are you attached to? What's causing lack in your life? That's bringing death in your life that you need to unhinge from. Amen? So we have to do that. Unaware of how to guard against sexual misconduct. We have to know how to possess this vessel. That's what the word says. We have to know how to possess this vessel. I think it was AJ years ago talked about three minutes of pleasure. <laughs> AJ, I mean, he was talking about that, but oh, what are you compromising for that little pleasure? What are you giving up for that pleasure? Your mom is sick. And you know you got the words of prayer. And they're asking you to come pray. But you ain't dealing with some things. You got some things that you're holding on to. You're not walking in the power and authority of God. Because you rather have compromised and deleted that power. And now... What God has called you to do, you can't fulfill in that time. Amen? We have, to, we have to realize there's a price for everything that we do and don't do. All right? There's a reward for, for following God. There's a reward for obeying the Holy Spirit. But guess what? There's also the backside of that. There's a curse when we don't. We're, we're sacrificing something in our lives. Something is, is, is being sacrificed. Need for recognition, pride of life. I put pride of life down there, need for recognition. If you always want to be something, because when you was growing up, they told you you were never going to be anything, you were never going to do this, and now you have that, rec that aspect of, I'm going to prove to them I'm this, I'm going to prove to them, then it's hook or crook. Promotion comes from the God, from God, not from the east or west, the Bible says, but it comes from God. So if we're in a situation that we have this need to be somebody, this need to be recognized, God can't use you. Have you seen people before? Uh, I know this, this one man, I used to listen to his testimony all the time. And he would always start it out. In 1972, God used me to do such and such. And I was thinking, it's 2000 and something. God ain't used you since 1972? <laughs> But a lot of times, you know why? Because God used that person, and they got caught up in that. The fact that God used them to do one particular thing, and they built an a institution behind that. You know? We got a, um, well, I want to say that. But, yeah, I'll go ahead and say it. So, we have a, we, we cannot uh, lock ourselves in the aspect of needing recognition. Or when God uses, we give him all the glory, all the praise. Because Satan himself said, well, I will ascend. So guess what? When you're taking the credit, you're taking glory, you're taking upon yourself. You're bringing damnation to yourself. Give it on to, to God. You're not meant to handle that. All right? Empire building. You know. I've got to build this empire. We already belong to an empire. Amen. We already belong to a kingdom. Amen. We need to do what we're supposed to do in the kingdom of God. 
The Bible says that we're just ambassadors. We're passing through. We're citizens of heaven, not of this earth. So if we look at things more important in the world than in God, we're trying to build our own empires. We need to submit to the king's influence, the king's domain. You know, back in the 80s, we wore bracelets, and it was, what would Jesus do? We need to ask that question a lot of times. In the kingdom of God, there is a particular way to do things. It's not what you learn out in the world. So as you come into God, the Bible says that that word has to have preeminence. First place. First place. So when it comes to something that I've learned in the past or somebody in authority told me, and it doesn't line up with the word, my job is to cast that thing down and put the word where it's supposed to be. Amen? Amen. That's what we have to do. The inability to, get, to delegate. The inability to delegate. That goes with that need for control. I don't want to delegate anything. I want to, I want to have all the power. I want everybody to be subject to me. That's not, that's not a good thing. Amen? Well, we have to understand that God is watching us. God is watching us. Now, if we turn to Second Chronicles, sixteen and nine. And it goes on to say this, for the eyes of the Lord run, t- run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on the behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. See, our job is to get this heart right. We can't get the heart right if we're holding on to all these other things. If all these other things have residence in our heart, our heart can't be made right. Some of these things that we'll declare and we'll build an institution to them in our heart. I remember I used to hear women say, well, I ain't going to let no man use me. Ain't no man using me. Then they get born again. And if they bring that same philosophy into the church, ain't no man going to use me. God can't use you. We, We don't understand it some philosophies and things that we determine as truth and we paint them with a broad paintbrush across the board and we apply that to every area of our lives and that could be stopping us from growing in God. That can be stopping us from moving in the power and authority of God. We have to get rid of it. We have to walk in the power and authority uh, that we're called to walk in. Amen? As I said earlier, the world needs answers. It needs healing. So I asked, who will stand in the gap? We have to make a determination that I will, Lord, send me. I'll do it. I'll deny myself. I deny my likes and dislikes to do what you called me to do. We have to do that. Now, as I I was studying out this word, I'm going to say this. Because I don't want to be a hindrance to anybody. So if I said something to you that you got offended with, if I said something to you 
that rub you the wrong way. Forgive me. I'm sorry. I do not want to be the reason why you don't make it in because you're holding something against me. So I apologize to anybody if I said anything crazy recently. I don't think recently, but <laughs> years ago, you know, hey, you know, with the prophets, they call it button prophets. When, when a prophet is, is, is coming into his own, he tends to say things, speak things. He don't, he don't really understand the control or the freedom in the gift. So they say whatever they see, you know, you know, I, I see that, but maybe God not telling you to, he's showing you that for you to pray about, not for you to blast, put it on blast about. So a lot of times in our lives, as our gifts are coming to fruition, there's a process in that of just getting the gift and growing into maturity in the gift. So. I definitely would like to apologize to anybody. I, I mean, I've been here now 10 years, nine. Yeah, I, I was here 10, but I wasn't a member for 10. I was trying to see what y'all was doing up in here. <laughs> Amen. But I've been around a long time, and I've seen some things, and I know that Pastor Keith would always say, I remember in the early days, uh, Minister Lamar, he just want everybody to make it. He want everybody um, to be uh, what God is calling them to be. And that's truly my heart. That's truly my heart. And as I was studying out this message, that aspect of, I don't want to be the reason that somebody doesn't achieve the level of, of fulfillment in God's kingdom that God has called them to. Amen. So y'all forgive me for anything I've said that was crazy or something yeah. or emotional. Yeah. You know, I took a class in, uh, when I got my, uh, my master's, and it was how to handle your emotions. And I never realized the fact that a lot of times we have a smart mouth, a forward mouth, because we think it's witty. And then I read in the Bible that God hates the forward. And I was like, wow. Because my nickname is Mark. So everybody in South Carolina calls me Mark. So I had to switch off Lamar, turn on Mark when I, when I go home. You know, so. But Mark means hammer. Boom. And, I, you know, people have nicknames for you, and you don't realize what they're speaking into your lives. You know, they speaking something to your lives. When my daughter was born, she was born premature. I think she weighed like three pounds. And I determined I wanted to name her something that would call strength into her life. So I named her Gabrielle Elizabeth. God strengthened and consecrates into himself. Because she was only three, three pounds. She stayed in the hospital for months. It's just all kind of tubes and all running out of her. But I wanted, every time they called her name, they was calling for strength in her life. So we have to be mindful of what we even name our children. My son Hezekiah, I, I, call, I named him Hezekiah Lamar. God sees capable. And uh, so when I call his name, God sees you capable. You are capable. So we have to really be mindful of 
the names we give our kids or the nicknames uh, that we give them, you know, because we're saying something. So we have to be mindful of that. Uh, let's turn to Isaiah 10, 27. As I said, that we must walk in the true power and authority that God has given us. The rod and the staff. So in Isaiah 10, 27, it goes on to say, And it shall come to pass that in that day his burden shall be taken away off the neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. We must walk in the power and this authority. There are hurting people out there who need you. They need the God in you. There are people that only you can reach. And they're waiting on you. Isaiah, um, right before it says this in Isaiah 10 and 22, God is talking about the remnant. It is the remnant that he's returning for. Whose soul has not been lifted up to vanity. Him that has clean hands and a pure heart. That stayed humble through this process. Didn't get caught up. Big headed. Knowledge puffers. Oh. So we have to stay humble. The key to growing to God is, is, is being humble. Uh, there's a scripture in, in the Bible that says, agree with thy adversary quickly. If there is something that's coming at you, that's of the devil, its whole design is to take you out of fellowship with God. That's all he's trying to do. So agree with it quickly and move on. When I say agree with it quickly, 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. To put us back in that high pinnacle, that high place in God that where we should be, that we should live in. That we should live in. So we have to make sure that when things come to try to take us off course, to take us from, from being submitted in the heart, to take us from holding things in our heart that are not of God. We got to be quickly to let that thing go. Because the time that is spending there is taken away from you. It's taken away. We have to sow ourselves in righteousness. I'm going to do the right thing to stay in right standing with God. We have to give mercy. We have to give mercy. Mercy and grace came through Jesus Christ. I always tell people, back in the Old Testament, if a kid was disobedient to the parent, they just took him outside the gate and they stoned him. That stopped that disobedience. <laughs> but now <laughs> we have mercy. I do believe in whooping children now. I do. Beat the child that should not die, you know. The rod of correction draw the foolishness out of them. I do believe in whoopings now. But... Um, but we have to give mercy to people. We have to realize such, such at one time were we. We've all had our conversations with the devil. We've all had situations that were not to our liking. But we have to give mercy. 
and especially as you grow in God. There's a humbleness that comes with that. There's an aspect of, man, I, it's truly humble. Um, I'm trying to look for another word, but it's just truly humble, the aspect of, of, of being with God's people, that you want to make sure that you're not that, that thing that, that stops unity, that thing that stops the harmony. You got to make sure that you're not that person, that the devil can't use you at any whim, that he's going to have to fight. Break up the follow ground in our hearts. A lot of times, you know, when I think about a follow ground, I think in terms of, of farming, you know, you got to break up that ground. You got to turn that dirt over so things can grow. If you don't break up that follow ground, that hardness of your heart, if you don't break it up, things can't grow. You can't grow. You're stuck in that moment. You're stuck in the past. You're stuck with that hurt. Life is still moving forward, but you're stuck. You don't need to be stuck. There's no reason for you to be stuck. God has so much more for us. It's time to seek the Lord and occupy until he comes. When you got an invading army, the army comes in, but they occupy that territory. They're not giving up that territory that they fought so hard to win. We have to think in terms of that and the things that we've overcome in life or the things that we've been delivered from, that we don't go back like the dog turning to his own vomit. That we understand and we have an appreciation for what God is doing. We have an appreciation for how God is moving. We have an appreciation for the deliverance that came in our life. We have an appreciation for the healing, for the relationships. We got to be grateful. I thank God he did it for me, but he didn't have to. Therefore, I'm grateful. As we grow in our love towards God, the Bible says it like this. For it's the love of God that constrains us. It's the love of God that constrains us. As we grow in deeper levels of relationship with God, there are certain things now we're not going to do. Because we love them. You married husband and wife, you love them. There are certain things you're not going to do. Why? Because you love them. See, the, 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 the law in the Old Testament, people didn't hear, don't do this, don't do this. They do what they want to do. But now the, the law is written in our hearts. So it's, it's a difference now. Now, the compassion, the love determines now, okay, I'm not going to do that because I love him. I'm not going to do this because I love him. We have to grow in love, and that's that intimacy. See, that intimacy brings a greater love and a greater appreciation for God. That's what we have to do. We have to really get in there. Pastor Keith gave a challenge. They said for the next six months, and so I think this is probably month, what, three that we've been in or four? fourth month that that really get serious about God really dig in um and 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 go with God and just see what God is going to do in your life what he wants to do in your life how many have taken that challenge up it changes if you haven't take it up today take it up today because what God wants to do and we don't have a lot of time. 
The Bible says he's coming like a thief in the night. We talk about the, the, um, the parable of the ten virgins. Five was not prepared. They went back to get it. They were gone. A lot of times, we, it, it is a process that we're going through. We want to ignore it. We are going through a process. But guess what? We don't have 50 years to go through a process. There's a work to be done. So what we have to do is get through our processes. I wasted a whole lot of time in my life by keep putting my hands on things and, and making my determinations with my intelligence and things of that nature. I wasted a lot of time. I'm, I am now 56 years old, 56. I started ministry training back in 1989. <laughs> I think 89, yeah. I started ministry training in 89. And hey, I decided that there were some other things I wanted to do. I didn't appreciate God. I didn't appreciate where he brought me from. So I went in a whirlwind for some decades, doing my thing, doing my thing, smoking, drinking, the whole works, did it all. I'm not proud of that, but I'm telling you, you don't have to do that. Just submit to God. Just submit to God. Submit to his will and his way. And there's protection in that. But with that is also a strength that you can walk in. There's a strength that you can walk in as well. So, as I come to the end of this message, I'd like to take some time to pray about some things. That if you feel like you're holding on to any of these things, let's just pray about it. Let's release it. And let's move on. You are far too important to the body not to give your all. You're far too important. We need 100% of you. God needs 100% of you. You're far too important. You don't realize the earth and treasure inside you. You're much, you're so important. You could be the key that sends this thing to the next level. But you don't see yourself as that. You don't see yourselves as important. We're all important. But we all have a job to do. As God is building the church, he's bringing people that's needed in the body. He's bringing the giftings that's needed in the body. It's our job to hand it over. God, use me as you see fit. I'm not going to hold on to anything. I'm not going to reserve anything. Hold us back, as Pastor Keith said, till my time comes. When I'm a pastor, I'm going to do such and such. Do it now. When, I'm, when I have my own, I'm going to do this. Do it now. That's how we take this thing to the next level. We have to be the remnant that God is calling for in these last and evil days. We have to take that charge and say, God, I will do it. And I will submit to your wills and your ways. I'll make sure that as I clean my heart, as, you, as your Holy Spirit deals with me with cleaning out my heart, I'll guard it. I'll guard that thing in. I'll have an appreciation for what you did. So now I'll guard that heart. I won't just let anything come in. 
I won't let any conversation happen around me that may mess with my heart. It's all about that heart. That heart has to be pure. It has to be pliable. And that's what God is looking for. There is a song that Marcus is going to play by Donna Lawrence. It says, when the saints come to worship. But I made up some words to it, of course. So, <laughs> and, and, and I say, when the saints come to worship, that's when deliverance takes place. See, we, we, we have salvation. The world needs salvation. The church needs deliverance. We got to be delivered from some things. We got to be set free to operate how God would have us operate. Amen. So at this time, I would like for you all to stand. If this song is playing, you can come before the altar. But just pray. If you got something that you need to release, that you need for God to take from you, then let's do that. Let's do that. Let's be all in with God. Let's be all in with God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Move in place, Holy Spirit. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way. Heart to heart. Touch the hearts of your people, Lord. Hallelujah. Touch the hearts of your people, Lord. Hallelujah. Clean hands and a pure heart. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Worthy, worthy, worthy. Hallelujah. Those that know are filled with the Spirit, let's pray. Hallelujah. It's so important that people be released to follow God wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. We hold nothing back, Lord. We give it all to you. We give the past hurts. We give the past shame. We give it all to you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, have your way. Holy Spirit, have your way. Every trap the enemy sets. Amen. It can't work. It just won't work. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We won't be ignorant of Satan's devices. He will not stop us. The Lord rebuke you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Have your way. Heart to heart. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Lord. We welcome you in our hearts. We welcome you. Lift your hands and just welcome what God has given. Hallelujah. You're the king. You're invited to come in. Thank you. Live big in us, Lord. Live big in us. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Come on, in this sanctuary. Yes, hallelujah. The sanctuary. This is our tabernacle of the Holy Spirit. Yes, thank you, Lord. Mm, thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Father God, we just thank you for what you're going to do this day. We seal this word. We seal this word in our hearts, Lord. We seal this word. We are willing to stand in the gap. We're willing to be that answer. We're willing to walk in the power and authority that you have ordained for us to walk in before the foundations of the world. We just thank you, Father, for that. We give you all praise, honor, and glory for what you're going to do in this place, for what you're going to do in this house, for those that are watching online, Lord, as you continue to move in this place, move in their place as well. Move upon their hearts, Lord. Let them see clearly what you desire of them, Father. Let them see clearly. Let nothing stand in the way. Let them see clearly. We thank you, Lord, as we invite you this day, Lord, to start anew, to start afresh in our hearts, Lord, as we cleanse out those spaces, Lord, that other things have held in our heart that didn't deserve to be there. We remove them now, Lord. You are welcome in this place, Lord. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. We welcome you in. We welcome you in. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Receive from the Lord. Hallelujah. Receive from the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Into this tabernacle. This tabernacle. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father God, we just thank you. We give you all praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.